Blog Talk Radio. There's no need to be afraid. At Christmas time, we let in light and we banish shade. Very appropriate lyrics as Miami tries to shake off the funk from the season-ending loss to North Carolina and spread a smile of joy this holiday season with a better performance in the Cheez-It Bowl in Orlando, where a week from tonight, they will play Oklahoma State. So far, only Jalen Rivers and Quincy Roche have opted out of the game. Everybody else seems determined to erase the memory of that Carolina debacle with a better performance. Oklahoma State has a few more opt-outs than the Canes, so this game might literally come down to which team is more invested in winning. And if you don't believe me, just take a look at what's going on in the Boca Bowl tonight with Central Florida, which gave up 270 yards of offense in the first quarter. That's what can happen when a team shows up at a bowl game totally disinterested. And Florida teams have had a propensity of doing that for many, many years, including the Hurricanes. 
So to say that this game could come down to which team is more invested in playing might be an extremely accurate assessment of affairs. So we're going to talk about the bowl game. We're going to talk about what Miami can get out of it. We're going to talk about the future. And we're going to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays right now as we begin a new edition of Kane Sport Live, presented tonight by JFQ Lending, your full-service mortgage provider licensed in more than 40 states. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com, and we welcome you once again to Canesport Live as we get deep into this 2020 football season. As always, this is your show. It'll be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. More than 100 open phone lines, plenty of room for everybody to call and participate. If you want to come on the show, you hit the number one on your keypad. That puts you in the queue. We bring you on the show in the order that you landed in the queue. We once again ask the subscribers at canesport.com to post the topics and questions that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show, and we will address them during the course of the evening as we go along. All right, so we have a lot to unpack tonight. Um, first, the revelation since we last met on Tuesday in my story this past weekend about how much disarray there was in the Miami football camp, particularly on the defensive side of the football, leading up to the North Carolina game with two defensive position coaches having missed almost a month of team activities, each due to the coronavirus. I wrote about how the most amazing thing about that whole experience was that nobody talked about it. Nobody used it as an excuse and you know, presented it as a hurdle that the team was trying to overcome. They owned it. And I think they deserve a lot of credit for that. And that's why I wrote that story. Not looking to make excuses for the way the team played against North Carolina. You cannot excuse a performance like that by any means. And nobody tried to do that. Should the Canes have played the game when their preparation for it was thrown such a curveball? That's something that we could talk about tonight amongst everything else. Such as signing day, which was Wednesday. And everyone that was expected to ink a national letter of intent to the Canes did so. What did you guys think about the class? On another note, the All-ACC team came out, and in voting of the 15 league coaches and 49 media members, not one, I repeat, not one Miami position player was selected for first-team honors. Kicker Jose Borregales was selected, the league's best kicker, but it seems to me that Jalen Phillips and Brevin Jordan, in the least, should have won the vote at their positions. So I'm interested in what you guys think of that. And now all attention is on this bowl game. And we're going to find out your thoughts on that tonight also. So let's get right out to your calls and talk more about it. 563-999-3550. 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. We begin tonight in the 352. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing this evening? Gary, I hit the first number on the night. I'm so excited. Yeah. yeah, who's this? Hey, this is Ryan. How you doing, man? What's up, Ryan? You're a new caller, aren't you? Yeah, I don't I'm remember right. you calling before. No, no, no. I've, I'm always lurking. I'm always listening. But I had to call in tonight. I'm going to be quick so everybody else can get their opinions in. But I've said it on the message board. Manny Diaz is a junior analyst at ESPN. We're getting that type of performance, and until someone wants to take 
football seriously at the University of Miami, nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to change. I'm going to ask you, do you think if we went 5-5 five and five this year on the 10 games we played that Manny should be retained? All right, well, uh, first of all, I, I would have agreed with to a degree, I mean, with it, probably without, I mean, calling him a junior analyst and all that. Like, I don't, you know, quite that honestly, that's, position. that's, I mean, quite honestly, that's, the highlights for the no, I understand, but I, I know, but that was many, many years ago, and I don't think that adds to your argument. If your argument is that he was in over his head as the head coach of the University of Miami, I unquestionably would have agreed with you a year ago. And it still is. It, I, but still I, I, is over Well, I mean, maybe. But I do think that you have to acknowledge that he did take some forward steps in year two. Uh, you know, he did. He, I mean, he, he, he made a lot of strong moves this year, and he improved the team, and he improved the program. Now, okay. if, if I did, wait, wait, wait a minute, Ryan. Ryan, let me answer your question, then I'll let you talk. I'll let you yeah. talk again. So. So I think you got to give him credit for that. Now, did the performance against North Carolina taint all that? Did it take away all the equity that was built up? That's open for debate. I mean, some people say yes. Um, others might be willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. There's no question that it hurt quite a bit. So, you know, now you're in a situation where you're going into a bowl game against Oklahoma State. Uh, everyone in college football is looking at it as a relatively evenly matched game, which, it, you know, it probably is. And you're faced with a situation where if you lose this game too, now you lost your last two games of the year yet again, and you're facing Alabama to start the next season. Okay, that is a nightmare scenario. So I think that this bowl game for Miami is, I'm not going to say as big as a national championship game or anything like that. That would be ridiculous. But it's as big of a meaningless bowl game as you'll ever see. Do you think if he went five and five, he deserved to be retained? No, and I don't. Okay. And, and I you know think. And I think from five and five. I, I do know, and and Nine you points. know, but Nine but points. you could. I understand, but you could make the same argument last year when they went six and seven, and we lost a lot of close games, and they went the other way. These things tend to even themselves out. If you look, just look back at the last three four years. Look at 2017, where we won all those close games. We had two games that we won on the last play on on hail on pretty much hail mary throws by Malik Rozier. I mean, the 2017 it went it went our way. 2018, 2019 it went the other way. 2020 it went, it went back our way. I mean. Those things t- tend to be cyclical, but, yeah, but you had he build, gone five and five this year, Ryan powerhouse off of off of cyclical cyclical games out of sheer happiness. No, I don't. I right? don't think anybody's going to try to make an argument that Miami is on the cusp of being a national powerhouse, and you know that this was the biggest problem that I had back when Mark the day that Mark Richt uh, retired, and. We didn't do a coaching search. I mean, I've never. I mean, I. It, it was. It, yeah. How do you not do a coaching search, and at least see what your pool of candidates are, and see if there is somebody out there that's going to help you get to that point quicker. Um, you know. Do you think listen, next year is Manny's last year? Do you think next year is his last no. year? No, I don't. I really don't. I think that. I think that they're. I think that they're. That Blake will, will give him four. To. To you know, unless it's a total disaster next year, I, I really don't. I, I think that it, that he'll get at least four years, and that's probably fair. It's not Manny's fault that Blake gave him the job. 
and he deserves his opportunity now that he has it. And he did make a lot of progress this year. I'm not going to take that away from him. Um, you know, I thought he did a lot of really, really good things that made the program better this year. Uh, is it going to be able to be carried forward to next year? We'll find out. You know, you're losing two elite defensive ends. Um, you know, th- that's a big deal. I do think that there's an increasing chance that the Eric King will come back because what I'm hearing from my NFL sources is that it's borderline whether he'll be drafted or not. And I think when he analyzes that, that he will see that it would be more advantageous for him to come back. Because, see, the thing is, the Eric King needs to do something significant, okay? He needs to win a meaningful game. He needs to lead his team to some type of championship. He needs to be a Heisman candidate. He needs to be an All-American candidate. He needs to give personnel people in the NFL that are going to look at his height and they're going to say, this guy can't play in this league. And he needs to give them an excuse to draft them, quite frankly. And right now with all these quarterbacks that are out coming out this year and, and the, the quality of them and the fact that he's probably ranked something like the 20th quarterback in the draft, um, you know, that's not going to really cut it for him. So I, I'm starting to think he's going to be back and um, that obviously helps the situation. Um, but look, this is going to continue to be a work in progress. You, you know, the recruiting class was pretty good, but I don't know that you can rely on James Williams and Leonard Taylor to win games for you next year. Uh, I expect Leonard Taylor to be a superstar at Miami. I think he will play immediately. Um, but can we expect him to be a difference maker? I don't know. So, Ryan, your question is hard to answer, but – I mean, if they go five and five next year, obviously people are going to be going out of their minds and there's going to be a lot of outcry. But uh, if you ask me right now my opinion, I would say I think Manny will get four years. And that would mean two more. And then they'll assess where where things are. Okay, as long as Blake doesn't give him an extension. (laughs) We're just going to have to deal with that one, right? I don't. I don't know, man. I. I can't. You know, Blake. I don't know. I. I, I don't. I'm not sure if the contract is four years or five years, and I, I got to try to f- find that out, um, just for my knowledge on that. But, but um, if it's four years, then he's probably going to have to give him some type of extension after next year, even if it's just a year or two years or something. So they're they're going to have to negotiate something out. I mean, no coach ever goes into the last year of his contract because it's used against them in recruiting. Um, so I don't, you know, there, there's ways to negotiate around that just by make by, by the amount of the buyouts and things like that, and I'm sure they'll they'll work that out. But uh, no, I think I think with the progress he made this year, that Manny earned two more years. That's what I'm that's what I'm expecting. Okay, I mean I understand that position. I disagree with it. Oh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying I agree or disagree. You know, I'm. I'm. You know, <laughs> I, I. I'm not saying I agree or disagree. I'm just saying that's what I think is going to happen. I think. I think. I think anybody who watched football for their lives and understands what it takes to be successful realizes that just Manning just doesn't have the it factor. I mean, when you look at Alabama and even Florida and even Texas A&M, Texas A&M sucked and they got Jimbo Fisher and now they're what they're ranked five. It's because of coaching. There's no doubt. It's because of coaching, and Manny just doesn't have it. It's just he's a nice guy, but he just doesn't have it. So we're going to be in the same position in two years, and uh, that's what I wanted to say. He's a junior ESPN analyst. That's what he was. That's what we're paying for. That's what we're getting. Okay. And as much as that sucks for everybody who likes him and wants to be his friend, that's the reality of the circumstance. So that's my opinion. 
That's how I, why I wanted to call him. But you, but you do acknowledge him. that he did make forward. Him. You do acknowledge that he made forward progress this year, right? I mean, you you agree with did that, he? right? Well, I mean, you went eight I mean, and two. I don't, I don't. <laughs> eight and two you, separated by nine points. If you went <laughs> by by nine points, I mean, if if the only metrics is win and losses, that's fine. If it is sustainability, I disagree. If it is sustainability, I disagree. They didn't even get a cornerback this year, one of our biggest problems. If you're measuring it solely on the metric of win and loss, it's fine. If the metric is sustainability, no, I don't think that he made progress. Because okay, but, but, we don't, but, we, but we don't know that yet, right, Ryan? We don't know that. We don't know how no, next year is going to go. I mean, you got the, if you got the Eric King coming go. back, you got a deeper receiver position. Um, you know, we don't know yet what Brevin Jordan's going to do. Uh, you know, you could have a pretty decent offense next year, and then we'll see about the defense, but we don't know how next year is going to go. So it's hard to say whether Maybe he gets begging King comes back. If, he, if King yeah. doesn't come back, I mean. Well, they are begging. Come on. They, they absolutely are. They're trying know, to sell him on, on name. Come back, well, then you got problems. Then you got problems. Yep, I agree. Huge problems. Yeah, because you're breaking in a new, you're breaking in a young quarterback, and that's that's never fun. Of course. So we'll see. Yeah. Your concerns All are right. noted, though, Ryan. Good. I hope I hope Blake's listening. All right, Ryan. Thanks for being part of the show, man. All right. Bye. The only thing is, if if Ryan's right, which I'm not saying he's not, you guys know where I stood on this the last couple of years. But if he ends up being right, then my question would be, then why was he given the job? Like. You know, we're you know Ryan's sitting here saying, and I'm sure I know a lot of people agree. Like, you know, okay, you know, Manny's he's he's a, he's he's a coach. He's a like you know 20 year vet in college football, but never really won anything big. Never really recruited anybody big. You know, on and on and on. You know, he doesn't have the it factor or whatever. But if all those things are true, then why was he put in this position? to try to be the head coach of Miami before he did some of those things in his career. And that's a legit question. But the thing that really surprises me a little bit is that I don't see anybody getting any pleasure at all out of this season. Uh, you know, that what Ryan's saying is what I'm hearing from pretty much every single Canes fan. I haven't had or heard one fan say this was a great season. You know, I'm really happy with the way this season went. And, um, you know, I, I find that kind of interesting because um, they did, they did make progress. And, and I do think that, that there is something to be said for that. Uh, but, you know, we'll see where we go from here. All right. Five, six, three, nine, 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 three, five, five, Oh, five, six, three, nine, 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 three, five, five, Oh, you hit the one on your keypad. If you want to come on the show, let's go out to the nine, five, four, where I believe this is actually Brucey W on the phone. Early this evening. What's up, Bruce? Welcome back to Kane Sport Live. What's up, man? Can you hear me? Can hear you. Yeah. So anyway, so I'm going to follow Ryan. I'm going to agree with this guy because as the voice of the fan, dubbed by you, they're 14-9 and <laughs> as the head coach. Tell me their signature wins, Gary. What teams has Miami beaten since he's been here that we shouldn't have beaten? Yeah, we get blown. We get blown out anytime we play anybody any good. All right. What about the signature losses? I'll give you a bunch of them. UNC twice. We blew on fourth and seventeen. We blew that game. That's the defense, not the offense. Clemson kicked their ass. FIU beat us pretty badly. Louisiana Tech shuts us out. 
Duke, Georgia Tech, USC this last year. Where's the signature wins? Zero. Signature losses? A ton. Last year, there was everybody bitching and complaining. There's games we could have won, maybe should have won, but we didn't. But this year, we won five or six games that we very easily could have lost, including UAB, who winds up winning their bowl game. So when you talk about progress, I'm not so convinced, my friend. 14-9 and nine could very easily be 9-14 and 14 or 10-13 and 13 or something like that. And if it wasn't, in my opinion, if it wasn't for the portal guys, King, Williams, Roche, and Phillips, who was here two years ago, but he didn't play last year. If it wasn't for those four guys and Borregalis, where would this guy be? What It'd be over. It would be over right now, Bruce. If it weren't for those guys, it, it, it would be over right now. Let's be honest. This team would have gone and won four games, five games. It would. It, 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 now let's let's follow it up, though, Gary. What players that he brought here? Ford, no. Blades, no. Ivy, no. Who has improved significantly since he's been handling this team? Really, other than Harley, who turned it on in the second half of his senior year, that's the only one. Zion Nelson got better from last year. I mean, you know, he, he was a kid. He came in undersized, whatever. He did better. All these other players, Gaynor and Herbert and, 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 and all these guys that he brought in, these four-star linemen, they all suck. They haven't gotten any better. They can't open any holes. Our defense gets gassed constantly. So then let me turn it to the strength and conditioning guy. Our guys look like babies compared to North Carolina and Clemson. They look like high school kids. They don't look like these other guys. Why is that? And I know people were talking about the strength and conditioning guy from Temple, that he's really good. I don't see it. I think we get our ass kicked. We, we can't even open up a hole on third and one, fourth and one. It's unbelievable, Gary. You know, I know the eight and two, but to me, the eight and two is a house of cards. It's a mirage. It's not real. The real ones were the games I just told you about, that all those games we blew or shouldn't have, we shouldn't have been even in games against Duke and some of these. She kicked their ass. We're talking about Miami, for God's sakes. But yet, they look like Duke and NC State, and Virginia, every single week. Every single week. I mean, you predicted it. They, they, they didn't play Wake Forest, but I was thinking they were going to get their ass kicked up there if they played them a few weeks ago. Yeah, that would, have been a tight, so, that would have been a tight game. That team, yeah, I watched that team, so they, play so, they play hard, man. They just play so hard. They, do. you know? they don't make a lot of mistakes, and they don't hurt themselves, which is something that Miami does no matter who they play. So I don't expect Manny to make any changes on his staff unless maybe Banda leaves, maybe. Um, and I don't think he really plays well in the sandbox with other, with other coaches. I don't see some of these coaches willing to come down here and coach under him. I don't even know if his ego could handle it. I'm being honest. I know I, I made a comment in there the other day. I don't know that many people that are kind of close and know him very well that really like the guy. You know, he, he's okay when he's talking on – on his YouTube videos and Facebook and crap, but I don't really know how many people respect him. And, you know, when you get a guy who's the head coach who has not accomplished much, who gets handed the job by Blake James for God knows what reason, he should have been at Temple learning his trade. So, you know, we're stuck with this guy. And, you know, it, and it's, it's tough to deal with. So when Ryan makes his comments, I don't disagree. I think he was lucky. I think he stepped in dog do this year that these guys transferred in the portal, and he got them. Now, 
obviously he did a hell of a job with the recruits. You can't deny that. But I hope he can develop these kids because I'm, I'm concerned about it. You know, I really am. Well, <laughs> you know, we call you the voice That's of the fun. fan. And, and, and like I said, a minute, you know, I, I think you're echoing the, the, the voices of the fans. I, I you know, it, and it, it's, it's, it, to me, I find it very interesting because, uh, you know, you would think after an eight win season, you know, when you take into consideration everything that went on this year and, you know, it, I mean, it, you're not winning a championship, you're not playing for a championship, but it sure as heck was better than, than six and seven. And, you know, at least there's some hope, you know, if the Eric King comes back, it buys you another year to develop uh, Van Dyke. It gives you another, it gives you a year to start developing Garcia. And then you can have a true competition the next spring um, by, with quarterbacks that have at least had a year or two in the, in the system and in the program, uh, you got you've you've definitely made the receiver position better with the recruits that are coming in. There's no doubt about it. The offensive line is going to be a year older if Brevin Jordan comes in. You got a tandem of tight ends, uh, even with this Arroyo kid coming in, that has to be just about as good as anybody in the country. Um, so there's a lot to be positive about on the offensive side of the ball, for sure. Right on the now, side, of, I agree with you. I I agree with yeah. you. I think some of these kids that that are already here, like like Smith, I don't know about Jeremiah Payton. I don't know what happened to him. He just disappeared. Um, Pope is a waste. Wiggins is a waste. I don't know if Harley's coming back. But I agree. The wide receiver, there's talent there. And if they do bring in, if, they, if Brevin does stay, um, they still got to get the ball to Mallory more. He was very underused this year. I don't care if Brevin's on the field or not. This guy, he's a he's a mismatch. He should get the ball a lot more. I know you agree. Yeah, I do agree. He he was the most underutilized guy on the team this year, no doubt. Yep. So you know, next year they're going to lose to Alabama. That's that's a given. I don't think they're going to beat them unless three quarters of their team takes off for the NFL. But um, you know, well, they are going to be replacing a lot of guys, but but they're, the guys that they have coming in should be better than our guys, and I agree with you. Uh, but I just I personally have you know I was as tough after the end of last year as anybody could possibly be. I have a hard time being being really critical right now. I just do. I mean, it, it's like I don't know what else Manny could have done this year. Now, is it good enough well, or not good enough? That's a different question and a different evaluation. But I don't see it as an issue right now, two years into his contract. I know he's going to get a minimum of, of, of three and certainly probably at least four to, to prove himself. But, I mean, Blake, Blake, you're going to have to, like, cut off his arm to get him to admit he made a mistake. So, like – Not a bad idea. Yeah, well, well I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Come on. But, but you know, the, the point I'm making is that there's a lot of variables here. And then the next question I'll ask before we wrap up here is, let's say, who are you going to replace them with? Like, like who's going to come here that's going to be a better option right now? I, I don't see too many of those guys out there in college football. I don't know. I don't know about the Iowa State coach. Everybody says the NFL. Yeah, but, but the Iowa State coach that has never that knows nobody in South Florida that has never recruited South Florida a, a day of his life, who like you know we don't know that he's going to be any better than Manny Diaz coming to Miami. And well, that's the like, same thing we said about Jimmy Johnson and Dennis Erickson, but it worked out okay, didn't it? So, yeah, you know, but, he, but that's where that's where an athletic director who can evaluate that type of talent. 
you know, comes into play. Are you convinced that we have that right now? No, but I think if we got that guy or some other guy who was a, uh, is a winning head coach in college football, he's not dumb to not have any local people be on his staff. Of course he would have people like that. He has to. He's not, no, they're not dumb. He knows what yeah. he's doing. Any of these guys that are winners at these programs are, are smart. Now, Manny's learning on the job. I don't like it. I thought we said when, when Randy Shannon was here, we'll never do that again, have a, 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 a non-experienced head coach ever. We did say that. They did say and that. so did they, and so did the administration say that. And they said they were going to spend whatever money they needed to spend to, to, to change that situation, and they did. They went and hired Mark Rick, and then Mark Rick retired, and they went right back to what they used to do before. That never worked. Bingo. Bingo. And that's, that's why he should have, they should have let him go to Temple. They could have given him a wink. We'll, you know, we'll see what happens when you come if you come back. But they never should have done this. He just was. This was just a lazy thing. And I don't know what goes on between him and, and Blake James, but it almost seemed like it happened so fast that that I don't even know if Manny ever made it up to Pennsylvania. I just don't know. You know. Um, one last thing, Eric King. The Eric King will be back next year. That's what I'm hearing from someone who actually spoke to the guy, the kid. I think Jared Williams is 50-50. He's draft stock's not that great. He was injured for a few weeks. I think Brevin Jordan's definitely 50-50, and he's playing in the bowl game. Jalen Phillips made the right decision. Silvera has no business even thinking about it, and I don't think he's going anyplace. Um, but I'm just hoping that, you know, they play hard in the bowl game. I think they could win this game. I'm pretty sure, again, from who I've spoken to, the kids are into this. They do want to go up there, and they do want to win this game. They, they are angry about what happened. That I get. And I think that answers your question. I kind of feel like all the Canes fans were winning a 12-round title bout. They won every round, and with 18 seconds to go, somebody hit us with a lucky punch and knocked us out. That's what the North Carolina game feels to me. It no, there, was nothing, there was nothing lucky about the punch. <laughs> that was an absolute no, ass-kicking. But that's yeah. what it feels like to the fans. And we got knocked out while we were sitting there going how great we were, and boom, we look back at the season and go, God, we got our ass kicked by two teams that we're supposed to be competing against. We weren't even close, you know? They were the only two really decent teams we played, obviously, so I don't know. All right, Bruce, right, well, thank you for uh, coming in and being part of the show. All right. Uh, I'll talk to you. I guess I'll we'll talk to you after the ball game. Yeah, okay. we'll get you. Have fun yeah, on yes, the show. All right. Bye. All right, Bruce, thank you. 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad if you'd like to come on the show. Let's go out to the 786. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, my friend, how are you? Hey, what's up, everything? How you doing this week? Doing well, brother, doing well. just wanted to uh, wish you and everybody out there a Merry Christmas, and I hope you've been having a great, a great Hanukkah and Happy New Year. and uh just very blessed to have a chance to uh talk some Kane stuff and listen to your your show on a weekly basis. So again, uh really appreciate uh what you do for us, Gary. Thank you, sir, and happy holidays to you as well. Thank you. Uh after listening to the first two callers, I, I'm not uh I'm not feeling depressed, but man, I was a little bit more positive than I normally am after uh, a signing day in which we were able to get two five-star kids, local kids, to stay home and looking at the progress we're making. I mean, I think we all understand what's transpired here. and We all understand what where the root problem is. And 
I don't think Bruce really ever gets very specific on it, and most people don't. You know, the issue is you have an athletic director that doesn't understand major college football. He just doesn't understand it, doesn't have the persona for it, and he's not. He's in a place where he shouldn't be. Um, and the the shows that we had last year, when you brought him on and we discussed everything, and I, I, verbatim, I've been telling you guys, he doesn't belong in the, in the spot that he's in. He's not built for that. We all have our strengths and weaknesses. There's nothing wrong with being an AD at a at a Power Five program uh, that that doesn't really care about football, like Vanderbilt. And there's nothing wrong with being an AD there. But when you're in a former blue blood program that we became the most hated program in the United States of America, we created swag. The evolution of college football that transpired based on the catalyst that we provided this this sport across the entire country. So, no, he's not the right guy for the job. The right guy that could have helped propel things was not brought in because the head coach that we have, yes, he is going to be intimidated by having an Alonzo Heisman be his boss. So we knew it wasn't going to work out. Ed Reed was a token hire in terms of appeasing everybody. Hey, we're going to hire somebody from the glory pass, an NFL Hall of Famer, but how much say does that have? Look, we know the reality of the situation, but going forward, which is what I'm trying to do, I, I think I've done a pretty good job this year of accepting our good or bad, but trying to continue to build because at the end, you know, it, it's still our program. And I think going forward, what I saw last week was, was a good uh, step in the right direction by keeping two kids home. Two kids that were wanted by every major program in, in, in the country. And they stayed home. And I think that's a huge, a huge step. I mean, look at each one of these kids. We sure as hell don't know where James Williams is going to be playing, whether it's going to be in the box, out of the box, uh, with his hand in the dirt. We don't know. But we know that's an impactful, impactful athlete that's coming to our defense. We know that Leonard Taylor's I mean, he's Marcus Fortson doesn't even compare to this. This kid doesn't even compare. They're, they're talking about apples and oranges. We've got some great talent that we signed last week. Are there some major holes? I mean, Gary, of course, there's some major holes. Cornerback, we now have one at, at defensive end. But we don't. We we just lost our best pass rusher come for next year. He's going pro. We've got a lot of holes. We're going to be very young next year defensively. We just are. But we're still making the progress we need to make. And, and, and I don't understand how we can at least be grateful that even if there were close games, we're still going in the right direction. Because Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I'm encouraged by the direction, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And, you know, you talk about Leonard Taylor and James Williams, and, and you know, that is a future direction on the defensive side of the ball. I don't know that it's reality to expect those two kids to come in here next year and change results, but maybe by year two, they, they'll be ready to, to do that. And, and you keep building on that. And, and you, you know, maybe you have something a couple of years down the road and, and maybe Manny can save this thing, but uh, are the concerns legitimate? Absolutely. I mean, they're, they're very legitimate. They're legitimate, Gary, but it's it's uh, we all know what the, what they were for before the first game of this season. Correct, correct. They before the first game of last year, right? 
we, Wait, we know we've known, we've, it is yeah. what it is. Yeah, we've known it. Right. You're absolutely right. I mean, it, I hate to say that, but that's where we're at. So that's reality. Looking at, looking at our reality, okay, we're going to have to see how this bowl game goes. I could care less what Oklahoma State is running. I don't care who's playing. I know they've lost. Three kids have declared for the draft. They're not playing. Their best receiver's playing. Okay, great. It doesn't freaking matter. You know what matters, Gary? Is the mentality of these kids, of these young kids that are going to play. And after getting smacked in the mouth a couple of weeks ago, you know, my concern is where our team is mentally. Where are they mentally? The piece that you wrote, and I've, you know, I've been with you guys for about a good 13 years now. That's one of your best pieces of work, Gary, because it was the truth. Last week you asked, well, but what was it, everything? What was it? And you thought I was dancing around. I knew there was something underlying bigger, but I couldn't. You know, I'm not there, so I don't know. And, and what you pretty much exposed in, in your article became very clear to me how impactful it is. Listen, I was a grad assistant. Uh, many, many moons ago, and I had to learn the craft. You had four grad assistants, and they got permission from the NC2A to use their analysts in practice, on-field coaching. You don't think yep. that's going to impact what, what you're doing? Of course it is. If you've ever coached, you know, you know, when you don't have, as a head coach, when, and I was always a, a right hand to the guys I worked for, and I sure as hell couldn't be out recruiting, even if it was a critical recruit. I had to be at that game because I'm an extension of what he does. So imagine what it will be like for a defensive coordinator. And granted, we have we can talk about the defensive coordinator's qualifications and all that as well. But that had to impact what happened the other day. No and question. I still I still think that we need to. It's not an excuse, but it's our reality. Once again, our reality. So my concern, Gary, and I was hoping. I guess there was no press conference today, but I was hoping. You could provide us with some insight as to where the team is mentally right now. How are these kids, these young kids? Because they're going to be playing. What uh, From what I've been told season. is that they had a meeting, and just like other teams in the ACC, they 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 could have packed it in if, if they wanted to. Like, if they didn't want to put themselves through it anymore, that they probably could have had the out and, and gone the way of Boston College and Pitt and just said, we're done. And they didn't want to do that. They wanted to go up there and, and redeem themselves. And, and they're going to get the opportunity. And, and you know, I, I think we're 1-11 in, in our last 12 bowl games. I mean, the history of Miami football caring about these meaningless bowl games is not very good. And performing well in these meaningless bowl games is not very good. Um, they're going to need to reverse that this time. They're going to have to win this game because they want to win it worse than Oklahoma State. It comes down to desire. It's pretty much what you're highlighting. Desire. And I, That's and right. I concur with that. And I concur with that because these young kids, if I'm Cam Williams, if I'm uh, Jafari Harvey, if I'm uh, the kid from Jacksonville, uh, Chance, I believe, right? If I'm one of those young kids, if I'm the kid from Columbus, uh, the kids from upstate New York, I mean, this is a, an incredible opportunity for you to tell your coaches, hey, this is going to be my spot next year. Mm-hmm. This is an opportunity to assert yourself and earn something. So I do hope that they really are going to, are, are going to be prepared mentally 
for this for this next seven, six, seven days. So that's what it comes down to, Gary. How good yep. does this team rebound mentally? No uh, doubt. Offensively, where do you think Cam Cam uh, Harris is going to be with all this that's been going on? He's been messaging things. He's been putting things out there in social media. They're kind of cryptic at times. Where do you think this kid is at going forward? You know, I don't know. I mean, I I, I agree that it's, it hasn't been great signs, you know, some of those hints and things that we've been seeing this year. But, I mean, I understand his frustration except for one thing. It's like you don't like the fact that you're sharing time with Don Chaney and Jalen Knighton? Then separate yourself from them. You know, shut the hell up and separate yourself from them. We watched the whole season this year. Could you say that Cam Harris, you are distinctly better than Don Chaney, who I thought looked sensational the whole year, and Jalen Knighton, who had his moments? No. Would you? I can't say that. And now, you know, I would make the argument that we're trying to keep too many guys happy. I would have played – I personally would have played Cam Harris and Chaney this year and, you know, used Jalen Knight a little bit less. I think, you know, nobody's getting into a rhythm. It's go get two, three carries, come out for an hour. Um, You know, I don't – you know, I'm not a big fan of that. But, uh, you know, they probably promised those kids they would play as freshmen – uh, Cam had a very good game against UAB, but most of it was on one run when they busted that fourth down running play. And, you know, I, I don't think he's separated himself from those kids. And, you know, instead of bitching and moaning and thinking you're entitled to something, separate yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And, and pretty much claim ownership over that spot. Uh, Absolutely. The last thing I want to talk about, Gary, if I could here, um, the portal. Bruce mentioned the portal. A lot of people mentioned the portal. Well, if it wasn't for the portal, you know, look, look how bad we would be this year. Let me explain something to you. As the game evolves and changes, you as a head coach, you need to be ahead of that next trend. You should be establishing those trends. What we've been able to do here, and he's been a part of it as a, as a defense coordinator and as a head coach, is to be able to find the best kids out there that can come in and make an impact where you have major areas of weakness. And you cannot dismiss that. That's still part of the job, guys. Yeah, it's not ideal, but it is what it is. The game has changed. Gary, there's 827 kids right now in the transfer portal. 827. What does that tell you about major college football? What does that That's tell you about the society we live in? tells you the transfer portal is a big part of the game. How they are. Yeah. yeah. And no it tells doubt. you how our kids are, how this – this microwave society. So you've got to adapt, and that's still part of being successful, okay? If you don't get them out of high school, then you sure as hell better get them out of the portal right now. So well, I'm and, and, and look at the last three spots. I was just going to say the funny, the funny thing about this year is that having those older kids, to me, was a differentiator and really saved Manny because you had no spring practice, and kids across America on every team – the young kids have not been developed properly. Like they, they haven't had the practice field time that they would normally have had. And it makes a huge difference. And I, and I think that's why you're seeing so many teams out there that, you know, maybe were supposed to be really, really good blowing games that you think they shouldn't blow 
because they have young kids playing that are making mistakes because they didn't have the proper training going into the year. So having an older kid like De'Eric King, having an older kid like Jalen Phillips, having an older kid like Quincy Roche, um, an older kid like Jared Williams, that made a big – Borogales. Yeah, that made a big difference this year. So you're right. All right, everything. I'll let you go. Thank you. can't underscore that. No, absolutely not. Happy holidays, Gary. Yep. Yeah, happy holidays. Thanks for being part of the show. Be well. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you could say, hey, if it weren't for the transfers this year, we would have been a five-win team, and that probably is accurate, but getting the transfers is a big part of college football today. Um, And, you know, if you look at Miami basketball, for example, they've done wonders with the transfers that they've been able to get through the years. So um, Miami is an appealing destination for transfers. I think they've found something here. I think the transfer portal will continue to be a part of this program, including this year. But I do think that Manny Diaz realizes very astutely and accurately that the foundation of your team better be your traditional recruiting of high school players. Let's go out to the three, two, one. You're live on King Sport Live. What's going on, Gary? How you doing? This is Tony. Hey, what's up, Tony? How you doing this week? Doing pretty good, buddy. Doing pretty good. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Three hundred five just kind of messed up my thought process. Um, uh, yeah, I was pretty angry, and um, you know. We talk about, you know, how, how much Miami really cares about the football program. And uh, we talk about, you know, the last hire Blake James made and how we went backwards. Um, I just feel like, yeah, we made strides this season. But when you go into a game against North Carolina to where they literally destroy you with five plays, it, it just sets you back. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I'm one of the type of people who I like to watch film. Um, I went back. I watched the film in 2013 with Texas against BYU. Um, And in retrospect, I watched the last film against North Carolina. And what it came down to is um, our defense puts a hat on top of a hat, and we have a man to make a – I don't know how to really explain the football term, but we put a hat on top of a hat. Well, when somebody comes and put a hat on top of our hat, like North Carolina did, and blow us the hell out, it basically exposes our scheme on defense. Um, I don't want want to sit here and say Blake James would – that type of result from the hire that he made, but um, you know, I agree with you. Like, why do you not really have a national coaching search for a national program? Like, we have a national program that's not treating itself like a national program. You understand where I'm coming from, Gary? 100%. Like, 100%. And, and if he didn't have the sense to do it, why didn't, where was everybody else? Like, yeah. where was the president? Where were the trustees? Like, why was everybody missing yeah. an action on that night that he was allowed to go do that? Like, it, it's it's athletic director uh, malpractice. I said that, I think, last week, and it, yeah. it absolutely was. But, and, and you, know, but, but you know what? You know what, Tony, though? Uh, seriously, like, and, and you're 100% right, and when I said it at the time, I was right. When I said it last year, I was right. But you know what? It's history now. There's nothing we can do about that. So got to yeah. look forward. Got to hope. Got to hope that You're the right. program can keep building. And if Manny cannot deliver it to the yeah, gotta, to the to the next level, then you got then at that point you're gonna have to make a change. Him and Blake James gotta go. You wanna know why? Because Blake James put his job on the line when he hired Manny. And I'm gonna bring up another point. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring up a couple remembrances for you, just to show you how much things have not changed. Do you remember when 
right before Manny Diaz took the job to Temple, and they interviewed Manny Diaz, and Manny Diaz was pissed about the offense. He was pissed about what was going on on the offense. You could see the frustration in his face. He was angry as hell. Well, guess what? Manny Diaz, now we feel that same way about your goddamn defense. You understand? Your defense yep. is suspect as hell. You will never see Alabama's defense have that happen to them, what happened to us. You will never see Clemson's defense have that happen to them, that happens to us. You might see Oklahoma. You know, you, you might see a few little, you know, schools here and there, but you'll never see the top premier schools have what happened to us happen to them. That was embarrassing. And the reason I'm kind of hagging on this is because I didn't get the call last week. But that was embarrassing as a Miami Hurricanes fan. Other people tell me, I work at a bar, people tell me all the time, you guys had some of the best college football teams that there will ever be in college football. We were feared. People were afraid to play Miami. You want to know what happens when they play Miami now? They look forward to playing us. They come out and play us like it's their national championship. And we come out and lay a goddamn egg every chance we get against somebody that we're supposed to compete against. This is not Miami football. I hope Blake James hears me. Because this is not Miami football. This is somewhere near Temple football. Because, listen, I want us to go 10-0 and next season and go to the national championship. I don't see that happening. You want to know why? Because we have a coaching staff that have shown you that they cannot be up to par to the standard of Miami. Like, we made strides this year. Yeah, we made strides. Anybody can make a stride when you were losing to Louisiana Tech, when you were losing to FIU. You, to make a stride, you beat a freaking team you're better than. That's the stride we made. But when it comes to a team that we're on level with or better than us, we look like chumps. So where's the stride? We made no strides. We're still the same. We're still the same. So, you know. I'm trying to I'm trying to be more a little more optimistic. <laughs> I know. You know, I'm trying I'm trying to acknowledge that they did that they that they did take some forward steps this year. I'm trying to acknowledge the that the offensive side of the organization should be pretty good next year, especially if the Eric King comes back. And I understand that there's going to be some problems on defense, and we'll see how how severe they are. Um, but yeah, I'm, you know, gonna, I'm, I'm trying not to not. be doom and gloom right now, you know, because I, I don't see anything happening here. Any Anytime soon, that's going to but change I'll take the you situation. Back to another day. 2000, it was 2000, I believe it was 2008. We played North Carolina at Hard Rock. They, I think they had Jelani Bernard, and he freaking ran for 150, almost 200 yards on us. Like North Carolina takes this is this is messed up. But listen to this: North Carolina takes their football program more serious than Miami. You understand what I just said? Well, they proved it when they hired, when they brought Mac Brown out of retirement. When they brought Mac Brown in, and they said, and they you know, we want a veteran team. guy that knows what the hell he's doing. Get us straightened out, and he has. And, and guess what he has? He has a nugget. That's what he has. He has a ring. He has championship pedigree, and that's why he went out there and made Manny Diaz look like exactly what he was. Now, I get where you come from. Y'all don't want to be too negative, but it's the truth. The truth is the truth. You can't get anywhere trying to hide around the truth. Um, you know, I, I support Miami Hurricanes. You know, I, I've gone to play. I've gone to so many games. I don't even really. I can't even count it. You know what I mean? I just want to see for the first time in 15 years the program take the football program serious. That's all the fans really want to see. We're not dummies. We're not nope. idiots. Most of us know football. And we oh, we got a we got a very very astute fan base. It doesn't get credit for 
for it, but it, 100%. It might not be as big as some of the state schools, but Miami fans are pure, are pure football guys, and Miami fans know the game. We know the game, absolutely. You know, I just yep. wanted to, uh, you know, get a call in, vent my frustrations and a few of the points I had to get off in the last couple of weeks. Um, I just want to say uh, Merry Christmas to all the Kane fans. I want to tell you, uh, lay off Greg a little bit about being first. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where he is. First in over a year. He, he's been missing. It. <laughs> I don't know where he is tonight. Let me see if I see him. On. Yeah, he's coming up in a little bit. We'll get to him in a yeah, few I calls. Love Greg to death. <laughs> I love I love all the guys who call, man. I love all y'all, man. I hope y'all have a Merry Christmas. I hope you have a Merry Christmas, Gary. And uh, I, I appreciate You know, I remember back in a time where you wouldn't say anything negative about the coaching staff, man. Now you're completely honest about what you feel. When there's, you know, when, when, when it's fair, to, when it's unfair, rather, <laughs> I, I, I call it unfair. When it's deserved, Absolutely. I, I, you know, and, and last year it was 100% deserved. That was the biggest debacle. Oh, yeah in the history of the program, and we were the biggest oh, yeah. train wreck in college football. Did I ever in my wildest dreams then imagine Manny having the 12 months that he's had since? No. Now, no. It, all, it all hit a wall against North Carolina. Let's see what happens in the bowl game. Exactly. Let's see what happens in the bowl game, and let's see what happens next year, man. Hopefully uh, you'll have a couple more shows. We'll have a little session. I'll give you a call, man, and uh, bless you all, man. Y'all have a good one. You got it, Tony. Thanks for being part of the show. Let's go to the 973. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Man, early today, tonight. What's up, Ross? How you doing this week? Merry Christmas, happy holidays, happy new year. Happy holidays, guys. Be black. Happy holidays. My man was just on with you. Happy holidays, man. He's a positive guy. And, um, you know, even on a time that's not so positive. But I got a few things, Gary. I got buddy ball, I got recruiting ball, I got schemes, and I got a big question for you. So I'm going to start with the question. I kind of asked you this question last week, and you really really have a big-time answer for me, but that's okay. We're trying to figure it out. With the NCAA allowing the college basketball guys to come free, taking them chains off of them, right, and um, then everybody could play, how does that work, and how does that affect college football going forward come January? I think it's going to be the same. I think it's going to be so open transfer. I think it's going to be for one year. I think for one year, Ross, it's going to be open transfer. So you're telling me a guy that's at Western Kentucky that was playing as a junior last year, a true junior, said, okay, I'm a transfer to Miami. I'm a cornerback. I'm pretty good, but I, I can enroll in January – and start classes for spring ball? Correct. I believe that's correct. That's going to be wild, wild west if that's the case. I, be, I believe that that is correct, and I believe that's what could be about to happen. I can see, yeah. why, I can see why Mullins got his behind in trouble. You heard about what happened in Florida? He I did. It, um, yes, I can see why he got in trouble. But they're going to slap him on the wrist. That's all they did. They, they, it was, it, I wouldn't even call it a wrist slap. It was a joke. It was like the, the penalties were, were comical. Yeah. I tell you, whoever you, who you are matters, man. Who you are matters. Hey, they were saying um, Venables was going to get the job at Auburn, and tonight I heard that they hired somebody just right away, the, the Boise guy. And I don't think, I don't think he was that successful this year. They, they went to the championship game, but I don't think he was overall that successful. And Auburn went out and got him. Do, do they know something that we don't know? Oh no, I don't know that much about Brian Harson. 
But you know what? Auburn will be the type of team to go ahead and get that guy. That guy will put a good um, coaching staff together, and they'll be coming down and stealing kids from Miami. Hey, let's switch gears a little bit, Gary. Um, okay. Buddy ball. Buddy ball, buddy ball, buddy ball. Why are we so blessed to be blessed with coaches who likes to hire their friends and then they get stubborn and don't want to get rid of them when they need to? Because here's the indictment. When you said that um, Baker is running Manning's defense, it doesn't take a rocket science to see that it's not working. Whatever is going on, it's not working. So that's an indictment on Manny that your defense is not working. And um, I always go back to this. And, 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 Gail, you've been around long enough to remember this. You remember when Georgia Tech, even though God bless them, they was running that nonsense offense. Remember when they, 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 they hired Gore as the defensive coordinator and Johnson had to fire his best friend? You remember that? He got rid of him in a heartbeat because the defense wasn't working out. And Manny doesn't, from what I've seen, unless I see otherwise, he doesn't have the ball for that. Well, I think we'll see what happens in the ball game. I, I think if the defense struggles again in the ball game, that he's going to be under some pressure to, to, to do something. So we'll see. But here's the thing you say. But here's the thing. You say he's going to be under pressure. But your words, and I'm not getting on you, but your words is that he's going to be around two more years regardless. So it doesn't even matter how he looks in the ball game. Going by what you're saying. Uh, I mean, it, it matters to the program. I don't think it matters to his personal situation, I, I, but it matters to the program. I mean, if, if you lose that game, you've lost a lot of momentum going into 2022 recruiting, and then you got to open up with Alabama next year. You're facing three straight losses uh, to be, you know, to, before going into the meat of the season next year. I mean, that's, that's rough, Ross. I mean, that's a tough steal, man. I got, I got news for you, Gary. I got news for you. I got news for anybody else that's listening. I love my Canes. We ain't win, we not winning that game against Alabama, so it don't matter about the field. I mean, I don't think game. so either, but at the same time, I don't know what Alabama's going to look like next year because they're losing so many people. They're going to be good enough to beat us with their third strength. What I'm looking for in the ball game is this. I and I know God's not going to be happy with me, Gary. I'm going to say it, and I love my team, but I'm I want to test Manny and his crew. I want us to get pop in the mouth again. I want us to be down 14 with a, with three quarters to play, and I want to see if we learned anything. I know that's not the same guys, but I want to see can they coach themselves out of that because I don't want to keep thinking that they these are the guys or they're not the guys. I want to see us down 14. And I want to see how we react to that, Gary. I really do. If it's not 14, then it's 10. I want us to be down early. Because the, the ball game don't matter either way. It's how we play, right? So I want to see us play with some adversity. I want to see that because I want to test Manny and his crew. What have you been doing the last eight days, eight days, nine days, ten days? I've been to play this game. I want to see what's going on in that department. Hey, second, uh, let, let's switch over to um, transfers. And I'm going to get off the phone. Availability and the cornerback position. Um, if you don't mind, somewhere along the line tonight, if you're going to have a guest or somebody or whatever, your guy, your regular guy, is there someone out there, right, that's good enough? Not the garbage that we bought in the last couple of years ago with Dean and the other guy that came from Citadel. Do, is there a cornerback on the market, a couple of them, grad transfer, that's a bad dude that we could bring in? Because obviously we didn't get any in this, in, in this, in this class. And we don't have anybody that we're fully confident about on the team now. If we did, we wouldn't be in so, so much panic mode. 
Yeah, we don't know of that guy yet, Ross. Uh, but I do think that there's going to be movement after the um, after the bowl season. The, the thing that's holding things up right now is that coaches don't know what their numbers are going to be like. The NCAA has not has not said anything and told them you can have X number of players. You can have X number of initials. And it's kind of um, like they're contradicting themselves because they're opening up everything else, but they hold them back on those But they're numbers. not setting the rules, right? They're not setting the rules. It, it's it's not, hard to, yeah, I, I, I don't, I can't explain it. Gary, here's the thing. Make us feel good, right, by saying this. Who did we get? I want to hear it now. Who did we get in this class? And I know it's not good for Miami to do this because we got to stop relying on this. But it doesn't mean that he got to play the entire season from the jump. But who did we get that you, one guy, that you feel confident about that's going to come in, plug a position for us, and pretty much play 82% of the game? I mean, the, the entire year, barring injury. Who is that guy on the list? Happy Holidays. Gary, Wait, say 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 it again. Who's the guy in the Who's the guy on the list? Of what? Who did we get? Who did we get as far as coming in? Who, the class that we just signed. Yeah. I want you to give me one guy. I don't want two. I don't want maybes. I don't want you going to oh chucks. I don't know. I want one guy. And if anybody else could do when they're coming on later on, give me one guy that their feel is going to be a plug and play, just because of whatever is going on. You never know who can leave. Whoever. Who's going to be that plug-and-play position guy that's probably going to play 82%? Because here's the thing with Clemson. I know we're not Clemson. I know we're not Alabama. I know we're not Oklahoma. The reason why they succeed, even though they have guys that come in and play as freshmen, they're playing against guys who are veterans. I don't care what position. They're always playing against a guy that's a veteran. And if you watch that Alabama game the other night, when that center went down, they didn't even panic. Panic was not even in vocabulary. They just put the other guy in. Switch the position and let's roll. All right. Well, Ross, the obvious guy would be Leonard Taylor. That's what you would say. But you know, how often do we see a true freshman defensive tackle come into college football and make an immediate impact? Almost never, right? So we need that guy, Gary. We do need him. No, I know we need him, but I'm. But here's my point. Like, I, if I'm going to answer your question, I don't. You know, the easy way out of your question is saying Leonard Taylor because you know he is the best player in this class. I don't know that he's going to be ready to be the best player in September. Um, so you know, the, to where he can impact the defense. So I'm going to go out on the limb, and I'm going to say Rashard Smith because he's a skill athlete. Okay. And I think that he is going to slot right into Rhett Lashley's offense, a very similar type role to what you saw Mike Harley have this year. And I think Rashard Smith has a chance to be that guy you're talking about. Appreciate the answer. And I want to throw one more thing in there. If Van Dyke is not the guy, and I know you can't answer that question because you haven't seen him all year. If he's not the guy, I'm gonna be, if he's not worthy, I'm upset. Because I want Garcia to have competition. I want he to be. I want him to be a competition. I want these guys to be ready to go, just in case Kim come back and then we're ready to go. And he, I don't want them to play against Alabama. None of them. I want them to play against that other team for the following year um, down the line to start the season. I want King to start the season next year. But I want them guys to to bust each other behind every goddamn day next year and get sharpen themselves, sharpen each other, and be ready. I want the best man to win. And that's all I got to say. Happy holidays. Everybody be safe. And, um, and Gary, keep me on hold. And, hey, 
D Black, what's good, baby? All right, man. Um, <laughs> All right, Ross. Thanks as always for being part of the show. Five six three nine 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 three five five zero five six three nine 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 three five five zero. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out now to the two four zero. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing this evening? What's going on? This is D Black. Hey, what's up, D Black? He just gave you a shout out. How about that? Yeah, that's my that's my man, Ross. What's going on, baby? What's going on? You know, um, let me give a shout out to Ook, Slider, and Kim. Um, the first two callers was on point. I appreciate them. Um, the other guy, everything three hundred five. You know, sometimes he comes up here and it's like he thinks he's the oracle of football, like he's teaching somebody <laughs> something. Like, like you, you ain't teaching me nothing. I'm a former player. I've been coaching football for over 20 years on a whole level. So you may have some information that I'm not privy to, and I got information to like everybody else that you're not privy to. You know, I, I just don't sometimes like his demeanor, like he talks down everybody, like he's trying to teach somebody something. Like, nah, bro, we all up here teaching everybody. We, we learn from each other. You know what I'm saying? You're not the teacher. You, you, you're a student as well as everybody else. But anyway, Gary, two plus two in America is what? <laughs> we, Am I right? Is it four? No, it's four. I'm going somewhere with this. Two plus two in Africa is what? Four? <laughs> exactly. If we're in Europe, it's going to be four, right? If we're in All Europe, right. it's going to be four. Anywhere uh, in the world. I'm, re- I'm relieved, Deep Black. I thought you were throwing me some trick questions here, but all right, now, go ahead. So, so what, I, what I'm saying is, no matter where you are, it doesn't change. It's always going to be the same answer. So Manny is what he is. He's not going to change. He's not going to get any better. He has not shown, he has not shown growth from year one to year two. And your second caller was your second call. No, I'm sorry. It was Wait, can I, stop, can I stop you for a minute? I, I, I got two questions before you continue. Uh, number one, number one, are you saying that you believe it's not poss- possible for a coach who's never been a head coach before to get better as he goes along? Because I won't agree with that. Um, it is, it is possible. Him? Hold on, hold on. Oh, no, him? I'm not. I'm not talking about Manny. I'm talking about any coach who, who's um, never been a head coach all right, before. Fine, but for, for that coach, for for that coach at at this level, at this level where he's at in the school that he's at. It's going to be hard. Now, I say that because Manny has never been a defensive guru, right? So he was fired from a place because his defense gave up 1,000 yards in a game, damn near. I'm exaggerating, but he gave up a, a rack of yards to BYU. Two weeks ago, his defense got shredded again. His defense at the University of Miami, excuse me, was only good because of Al Golden players. Once Al Golden players all matriculated out of the out of the program, you have a defense that was ranked 25th last year, and now was down in the 40s this year, and is ranked number 14th in the ACC below Florida State. That's what we had, and like your first caller said, when he made the, the distinguish between if you're just talking record wise and staying ability, he's 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 right on point. We talk sustainability. We struggle with the teams that we shouldn't struggle to. And we play any team with the post 
they knock a dent in our in our in our behind. They knock the transmission right out. So, you know, and, and like the caller said, yeah, if like yeah, you lose the FIU Duke and get shut out by La Tech, and then you come back this year and you get the transfer guys and we win eight games and we 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 struggle with some teams but we win. Yeah, that's gonna look like an improvement, right? That's that's gonna look like an improvement, but. The offense saved the defense in every game we won this year. Every game we won this year, that's just mm-hmm. about. NC State, shootout. We gave them, what, 40 points to NC State? You know, Vitek was doing everything they wanted to us. But then you know what Manny you know what Manny do? And this goes back to what, I don't know his name, but he was a caller after uh, Everything's Real Fire. And he was pointing out when Cunny. Manny was here and he was, and he was, yeah, and he was mad at the offense, that the offense was struggling and all this other stuff. And, you know, he was pissed that the defense was carrying the offense, right? So I noticed, like, after games when he's talking, he never really bigs up the offense. What he would say is, he won't talk about the offense, but he would say, man, the defense was resilient in the fourth quarter. Right. I mean, you see they, the well, they, they were in those three games. Yeah, the deep, yeah, in one quarter. But guess what, Gary? The offense was resilient the whole game to continuously score. But you're going to big up your defense because they're your children. See, the defensive staff is your children. And he made a change last year because the offensive staff, see, those wasn't his boys. So it's easy to fire somebody that you really don't have a connection to. Just like everybody wanted Mark Rick to get rid of his son, right? So instead of firing him, his son, he did the admiral thing for the university, and he stepped down. Said, now, nah, instead of, I ain't going to fire my son, I'm just going to resign. See, but now, Manny, you're in that same situation. You're in that Al Golden situation. You're in that gray area where everybody sees your, your defensive scheme is real poor, that it's not exotic. It is what it is, like, like Dennis Green said, we all who we we all who they thought they were. We thought they were a team that's gonna go to the Super Bowl, and we let them off the hook. Your scheme is what everybody what it is. It hasn't changed. It's an old scheme. And I heard three hundred five, everything three hundred five, talking on the podcast, talking about what Manny's scheme is for Mickey Andrews. You remember Mickey Andrews at Florida State and all this other stuff. How many titles did he win with that defense? He won a couple, not many, but. But you got to realize how many dogs did Mickey Andrews have when he was running that scheme. He had dogs, the likes of Derrick Brooks and, and, and all of them. So it's totally different. We don't have them dogs. And when we did, many defense was, was, was the raid. It was that 4-3 attacking style Miami defense everybody talked about. Now that Al Golden players are gone, the past two years, this is what you got. This is this is what you had. This year, you got a defense that ranked lower than Florida State. We're ranked 14th in the in the ACC. That's not that's not progress, Gary. And I understand you. You I understand. Look, I understand you trying to hold that candle. I understand you are. But the proof is in the pudding, Gary. A tiger never changes its stripes, Jack. And we're ranked 14th in the ACC beneath Florida State. That's not changed. 
And we talk about the recruiting class. And, you know, everything. Wait, five and, you know. Wait, 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 time out. Where is the stat that you're giving coming from? What are you talking about? We're not ranked 14th in the ACC in defense. By what standard? It, it was it was it was on another board I saw that we were yeah. lower than Florida no. State. Now, no. we, may not we gave up that we gave up twenty we gave up twenty six points a game this year. D Black, which is fourth in the ACC. Okay, good, cool. So somebody sent me some wrong information. Yeah, uh, that, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Somebody sent me some wrong information, but then you talk about the COVID thing, right? And I know how serious COVID is, right? Because I had a couple family members who caught it. I had a friend for 30 years. His mother passed away from it. Um, my ex-wife, one of her clients, mother just passed away from it. I understand. It's tough. But my thing is, if it's not talked about when we dominate, when we beat Duke, don't bring it up when we got out, when we get when we lose the UNC because it seems like a cop out. Now, I say that I say that to say when I play college ball. You know, my hero, which is my father, he passed away. But the second week of the football season, I attended his funeral on a Saturday and played in a football game that same day. And maybe I shouldn't have played because I wasn't mostly and mentally there. But you never hear me use that as an excuse. But what I did was the following year when I played that team, I bust their ass for 272. And four TDs, but I never use that as an excuse. Cause if I if I'm mind and body, I step on that field, then I'm good to go. So if they stepped on the field. The coaches did what they had to do. We I don't want to hear about no excuses. I don't want to hear it. Everybody in the country is dealing with this. Ohio State was just without 22 players in the Big Ten championship. 22, and they won. So Miami. Cry me a river with that because we are not the only team that's dealing with this COVID. Ohio State even played a game without their head coach. So that falls on deaf ears to me. I don't want no one to get, you know, like I said, it's serious. COVID is serious. And, and I feel for the coaches that, that had it because I have family members that got it. I know people that are close to me, they passed away from it. But we can't use that as an excuse. Yeah, I don't think anybody is. Nobody's tried to use it as an excuse. And the recruiting class is great, but do it really matter how many four or five stars we get if they're not getting developed? If, if, the, if the play, if the talent isn't being developed? You know, and I say, D. Black, I want your answer to this question because I asked this on the message boards today, and, and I'm seeing a lot of fans who are saying the exact same thing as you. But here's my question. How okay. do we, and I include myself in this because – to me, if you were going to evaluate how the coaching staff is developing players, you need to be able to observe every minute of practice on that practice field every single day. Because we're, everyone's just assuming, like, pick a player on the team this year that you don't think was developed properly. All right. To, to answer your question, you, you are, you're partially right. But when I say yeah, give me a player. Pick I'm a player. Play. Pick any oh, player right, on the okay. team that, that you don't think was developed right. Bradley Jennings and, and Zach McLeod. Okay, Bradley Jennings. Okay, great example. All right, Bradley Jennings sucks. He looks like he doesn't even belong on the field. They're not developing him properly. Okay, now how do we know, A, 
that Bradley Jennings was ever any good because he's never looked any good to me ever. Not one minute of any of, of not maybe a, a play here or a play there, but 95% of the time he's never looked good to me. How do we know that Bradley Jennings is any good to begin with? How do we know right, that he's smart and that he? How do we know about his his capability of 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 learning the def, defense, learning game plans? Being able to think at the speed that you got to think. See, we don't know any of that, D Black. We don't know any of it. And and everybody says this. You're not the only one, man. Everybody says it, and I don't get it because nobody out here has the foundation to make those judgments. I'm about to tell you. I'm I'm about about to tell you. I'm I'm about to tell you. How do we know? Well, well, if he didn't have the capability or the talent, then Manny Diaz shouldn't shouldn't have put his ass out there against LSU. As a true freshman, or or should not have recruited, or or should not have recruited him, right? Hold on, you're right, but hold on. So, okay, one or two things that either that either, that that one or two things that either exposed Manny for not having a great eye for talent, and two, not being able to develop him because, like I said a couple weeks ago, Curly Brown recruited those three linebackers, Pinkney, Shaq, and and uh, McLeod. Once Manny got them. They didn't get any better. They didn't get no worse. They just stayed the same. Now, Aaron Donald, when he came out of high school and went to the University of Pitt, he was a three-star. He was a three-star player. And whoever the D tackle coach up there, D line coach up there, turned him into the best defensive player in the ACC. Turned him into a first-round draft pick. Patrick Mahomes, three-star, coming out of high school. Lamar, Lamar Jackson, three-star. Russell Wilson, two-star. And look what he did at NC State, balled out, then went to Wisconsin and balled out. So that's what I'm saying by development. Denzel Pyramid, watch him as a freshman under Michael Barrow and just watch him develop, develop, and develop to uh, a high second-round draft pick. That's what I mean by development. Yeah, I understand, but but there there might be some players that just aren't good, and that goes back to recruiting evaluation, in my opinion. And to me, recruiting evaluation is the biggest problem that this program has had for many years. You're absolutely right. And who does that fall on since he's been here? Falls on the coaches. Side? Oh, hold on, hold on, listen, hold on. Falls on Manny it's on defense. defense. It, it, it falls on Manny because he's been he here. He had the long. final say in every player that's been recruited for the last four years. Exactly. And he and he coached the linebackers. No, five, so five years, all, last five years, last yeah, five years. Exactly. Yep. He, he he recruited linebackers. He coached linebackers, and now as the head coach, he has the final stamp of approval. So that's an indictment on him, on himself. So sometimes, you know, sometimes you know the old, you know the old saying, you give a person enough rope, and they they gonna hang themselves. They gonna they gonna hang themselves, or they will expose who they really are. What's done? What's done in the dark will come out. None of that. So you can't hide behind being a coordinator and saying that it's the offense's fault because my defense is on the field too long. You can't hide behind that now because you are the man. You are the shot caller, and you were the defensive guy, and your defense looks like that. That's yeah. not a Miami defense. Even when we was on probation, Gary, you never saw our defenses get shredded like that. Yeah. All right, never. D. Black, let me let, let me let some other guys preach a little bit here. But uh, I feel uh, you. Hey, happy, 
happy holidays to everybody. You know what I'm saying? Take a shot for me. You know what I mean? Enjoy yourself. Be safe. Ross, we got to get up, homie. Gear, keep me on hold, please. All right, D Black. Thanks as always for being part of the show. Let's go to the 845. You're live on King Sport Live. Hey, Gary. How you doing? Hey, what's up, Greg? How you doing tonight? You know why I'm, I can't get on first? Because somebody <laughs> hung up on me four times when I called today. Just really? You know. Yep, huh. four times. Anyway, I don't know where to start after listening to D Black there. But anyway, um, I guess... By the way, I'm watching Randy Shannon's defense here. He's already given up 500 yards. With <laughs> I know, man. I feel they got they got nothing, man. Oh, and I see some of your genius people on the board saying, "Oh, let's bring Randy back." Yeah, well, his his ideas aren't working either. Anyway. Oh, and I wanted to bring up something about Alabama the other night. You watched the game against Florida? I did. All those Florida, South Florida D-backs, they got lit up like a Christmas tree. I know, I know. I know, they did. The got smoked, so did Joe, okay? Uh, Do you think it's possible that maybe these, not every South Florida kid is as great as we make them out to be, okay? I Just 100% agree with that. Doesn't, doesn't make them all pros, okay? I see Tyson Campbell getting smoked, too, at Georgia, right? So, I don't know. By the way, defense is optional in most of these college football games, I'll tell you right now. Who, who has a great defense in college right now? Boy, a great defense. I think Clemson's got a pretty good defense. I, I don't know how great they are. We'll find out when they theoretically play Bama. But, I mean, you know, they're, they're not bad. They gave up 17 points a game this year. Yeah, but okay. you know, I, I haven't, I'd have to think a little bit more about it. I mean, Bama's not great on defense. Notre Dame is decent on defense, but not quite as good as Clemson. Clemson either time they played them. Ohio State, I haven't watched enough. I'm just thinking of the teams in the playoffs, you know. All right. Uh, Let me ask you a question. If De'Eric King's not coming, you say he's going to probably come back. I think he's going to come back. I really do. I don't think think he's guaranteed getting drafted, Greg. Okay, but but just say he is not coming back. Don't you think we should be playing Van Dyke in the bowl game? If he if he is coming back, I think they should play De'Ara King. If he's not coming back, then I think they should play Van Dyke. But listen, winning this game is very important. This isn't this isn't just a throwaway game because of the way they lost the last one. Had they beaten North Carolina, I would say it's a throwaway game. Play Van Dyke. Let's see what he's got. But this is not a throwaway game. This is a very important game for this program right now. Okay, so now uh, we have Manny Diaz and Blake Baker just gave up 778 yards. You think they'll change anything this time? No. Nope. We'll, so we're going to stay with the same 
garbage scheme. Do I, you think I don't think they're going to change their whole defense. No, I really don't. I think they're going to consider that game a fluke that they that they their <laughs> the kids just didn't have their heads in it or or weren't ready to play or whatever they're thinking behind closed doors. I have no idea. And uh, no, I don't think they're going to put in a whole new system for this game. They can't. You can't put you can't change um, your whole system in a week of practice. Right, you know, they may have they next. might put in one special thing or something for Oki State, but like you can't change your whole defense. All right, you made a comment. We only had one guy pick to the ACC first team. Yep. I'm willing to make a wager with you right now that Jalen Phillips gets drafted ahead of both of those pick defensive ends. Yeah, I I, I agree. I mean, what a joke, right? Yeah, what, what, what games were they watching? Yeah, they, I, they I have no idea. They I don't know. Worse than I mean, did. Yeah, that was that. That's a joke. One of them, okay, not both of them. I had Jalen Phillips. I'm sorry. Right. Okay. Now, as far as Leonard Taylor and James Williams, uh, those are the kind of players that other kids in South Florida might want to play with, such as Marvin Jones Jr., Earl Little, and Shamar Stewart. Isn't James Williams' his teammates with Earl Little and Marvin Jones Jr. this year? Mm-hmm. I, let's see if they could have any pull in recruiting. Because, yeah, it's going to be uh, interesting. I don't know, you know, Marvin Jones Jr.'s dad obviously was a star at Florida State, so I don't know where they stand in terms of that. But his mother, um, but his mother went to Miami. But Earl Little losing him would be a disaster, obviously. I mean, his dad, with his dad being being an alumnus here, and um, you know, with the connections you're talking about, I mean, to me, Earl Little, you have to get, you have to win that battle. And uh, you know, Shamar Stewart is one of the top prospects in in uh, South Florida this year, so you obviously want to win that one too. So yeah, you're right. Okay, my last point. I see Don Brown just got fired at Michigan. Bo Pelini just got fired at LSU. These guys aren't waiting around, okay? They have much more street cred than Blake Baker, okay? And what's the latest with Ephraim Banda? Is he going to be gone or not? Last I heard is he's still weighing it. Had not last I heard yesterday, he had not made a decision. I didn't hear anything new today. Well, I don't know. So, so you're telling me right now, if we get blown out again this week or next Tuesday, no changes are going to be made. Oh, I can't say that. I, I, I don't know that that's true. Uh, well, okay. Uh, I'm, I think I'm like that one. I think it was Ross who said he hopes we get blown out. <laughs> I, I I don't I don't see how you could be a fan and and hope they get blown out. I mean this is a, this is an important game because of what happened in the last one. Yeah, you know what needs to be blown out the whole defensive staff. That's what needs to be blown out. All right, Gary, thank you. Greg, thanks as always for being part of the show. Let's go to the four oh four. You're live on King Sport Live. 404, you with us? Going once, going twice. All right, next time. Let's go to the um, 727. You're live on Kane Sport Live. 
Hi, Gary. It's Jake from St. Pete. What's up, Jake? How you doing this week? Oh, doing well. Jesus Christ, the the shit that's spewing on this tonight. I know it's what wild, is, isn't it? Like are, I, I are hear that fans or what? It's it, it, I mean, people are not happy, man. It's like they are not happy. And I and you know, spent a lot of money to go to that North Carolina game. It, I left that sick to my stomach. It, it, it was it was one of the worst. Well, I was at the FIU game the year before too, so uh, luckily I at least had that to <laughs> set a low barometer. But um, but I, I mean that said, okay, th- this whole idea that we have to blow up this system, like a number one, who's out there? Everyone was also, you know, I I know there's a lot of Mario love on, on the board. I'm not one of them. I don't think he'd be bad, but I don't think he's a savior. Everyone thinks that the, that he is, uh, or a lot of people do. But uh, Mike Leach, everyone was screaming for Mike Leach. What's he doing other than getting blown out every week? Um, yeah, I mean, you got to give him a little bit of a break just because he hasn't had a chance to recruit any guys to fit his system or anything. But plenty of yeah. break. My point yeah. is, is that, you know, everyone thinks, uh, you know, they're going to be the next Nick Saban or whatnot. They're not. Uh, there's a lot of fundamental issues that that Miami has. A, number one, we're not a state school. You know, everyone thought North Carolina. Well, North Carolina has a hell of a lot more resources than Miami does. A lot of these programs do. So, you know, just acting like we got some blank checkbook out there to go get Urban Meyer or you know, some uh, uh, massive, you know, game-changing coach. We don't. So root for Manny to succeed, number one. Number two, this whole idea, like uh, some guy said uh, Alabama just they, – they couldn't give up uh, points. It, it, blow it out your ass. It, they gave up 48 points to Ole Miss this year and gave up 700 yards. Get real. Like, it happens. It's college football in 2020. Offenses score points. Get over it. It sucked. It was a terrible loss. But to, to act like this is a unique situation well, for Miami, you know, here, I mean, and get, here's don't get the, me wrong. Here's the I thing, was Jay, serious here, after that game. Here, here's the thing, Jay. But, you know, like, and you just yeah. gave a good example. This was a weird year, and Alabama was uh, defensively was breaking in a lot of new players this year, and so they began the year with a team that had a defensive uh, team that had not really played a lot Gary, of football how about together. Last year when they gave up fifty to Auburn. No, I understand, but here's what I'm saying. They had not played a lot of football together, and and they did not have a spring practice. So they're a young defense learning on the fly, and I think that's why you saw what you saw. Now, they were a lot better towards the end of the year, but they couldn't stop – you know, Florida was right there with them for most of that game. Florida? They, yeah, I mean, that secondary looked completely lost. My point is, is just, you know, to say that we didn't make progress this year to me is just – it's ignoring everything that, that happened this season. Um, then beyond that, everyone talking, oh, the coaching staff needs to go wholesale on the defense. We've got some pretty good coaches on the defense, and we actually have some good recruiters, uh, you know, despite, you know, what may be popular opinion. Todd Stroud this year could have three guys go in the first round. I, that's a good coach. I'm sorry, uh, and and he's been developing some other guys too. Um, you know, some we'd probably like. I would have liked to have seen maybe a little bit more out of Harvey and uh, 
Cam Williams this year, but you know they made progress this year. They're uh, yeah, that's you know that's where it, we're going to find out how good of a coach Todd Strat is next next year. I mean, he's done a really good job with these transfers, but these guys were handpicked, and and he's had a chance to develop them. And when you, when you're playing with uh, Hunte and and Cam Williams and Harvey, and you know next year, that's when we're really going to see you know whether Todd Strat is magic. But how can you say, like, he got the number one defensive tackle in the country. He got Jabari Ishmael, a four-star recruit. He's putting guys in the NFL left and right. Like, how can we not say that that guy is a good position coach? Yeah, I I don't disagree. He's done a very good job with what he's done so far, no doubt. I mean, I'll be the first. He wasn't the lead recruiter on Leonard Taylor now, but, 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 but. You know, but that's that's besides no, the point. No, Banda I mean, was, and Banda's right. proven to be one hell of a recruiter. I mean, yeah. he he's primary on on James Williams and Leonard Taylor, two five right. stars in South Florida. Like, what you want to get rid of that guy? Get rid. Right. It, it's it's crazy. I just um, you know, look, it, there's there's certainly some things that need to be done. I, I'm not I'm not one who's going to come up here and uh, be like, oh, you know, we're back or or anything, but there, but there's steady progress, and it's just like enjoy it. It, it. This is a hell of a lot better, even even with that that horrible North Carolina loss, than than what we were having to endure last season. Let's see where it goes. You know, Alabama's probably going to lose about 15 guys to the NFL this year, uh, and, and and that's even that's one of our problems. And like, what a what a breath of fresh air it would be if Derek King and maybe Brevin Jordan come back. Because, you know, you look at Alabama's lineup this season, and they got Devontae Smith, who, who probably would have been a first-round draft pick last year. He came back. The guy is just annihilating everybody he's playing. Yeah. Uh, they got Alex Weatherwood, would have been a first-round draft pick, one of yeah. the best left tackles in the, in, in the game. You know, it would be nice if Miami could maybe for once have a senior who had a good junior season. God well, forbid. they got a shot because Brevin Jordan has a lot to gain, I think, by coming back next year. You know, he only played seven he games. He'll be a first-round pick if he stays healthy. Yeah, He's if he comes back next tail. year and has a, big, has a big year and gets a commitment from Lashley to feed him the ball and, you know, those things, then, you know, he has he does have something to gain. So that could happen. I think there's I a got, good chance it happens, so we'll see, Jake. One, one last question for you because uh, – you know, we, we, I think we talked about it. Maybe it was even last season. But, um, you know, you talked about how a lot of these other programs, um, you know, they, 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 they pony up for the insurance policies on players. Have you heard anything? Like, is, is Miami doing any of that, saying the Derek King, the Brevin Jordan? I think um, they would have to. They didn't do it for... You know, in these situations, I think they would have to. I, I got to me, that, I mean, that, you know, that would be part of the deal. I know we don't have the resources of some of these big time programs, but you know, to to foot a hundred grand on on Brevin Jordan to bring him back next year, man, that gives us a. I mean, I'm not going to say that puts us on par with Alabama. That would be you stupid. Got, you got to say, you gotta my do God, it. could that not make a big difference going into that game? We man, a, a yeah, bona fide senior. Same thing with Derek King. Haven't no bona fide stud. Those guys will play ball on those situations. You got to do it. And don't forget next year, too, Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, and James Skalski. Look at how Notre Dame, how much different they were with those three guys back in their lineup. 
<laughs> Notre Dame didn't look uh, national championship bound anymore uh, with those guys. They're leaving nope. next season. So, yep. you know, they, let's let's try to get some of our, our actual developed talent back for a change. Maybe we can be a little more competitive next year. Who knows? We'll see. That's all I got all right, for Jake. you this week, Gary. Thanks, Great man. Happy holidays. Yep. Thanks for being part of the show. Same to you. Let's, let's go to the uh, the 386. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, Gary. How are we doing? Doing great. Who's this? All right. It's Will again. Before, so, I ask my question, I want to, before I ask my question, I want to go back to something you and one of the uh, previous callers were discussing. If you go back to fall camp, let's go back to fall camp, you and one of the previous callers were, were discussing player development. You go back to fall camp of this year, the one player on defense that Manny Diaz and Blake Baker was raving about was Bradley Jennings. That is the mm-hmm. one player on defense that they were raving about in fall camp. So why haven't that translated to Saturdays? Yeah, it's a good question. While we're on discussion of, of, of player development, what did they see in fall camp that we haven't seen on Saturdays? It's a legit question. But you're right. They they were talking Bradley Jennings up coming into the season. Okay. My question is, and here's what I think a lot of Canes fans have with Manny Diaz, including myself. When Miami hired Manny Diaz, I was all for it. I was excited about it. What did you think when Manny Diaz was hired and he came in the door talking about we was going to be the new Miami? I mean, I don't even see where that is on the horizon under his leadership. I, I don't even see that being on the horizon. Agree or disagree? Uh, right now, I would agree. I, I didn't mean, like what, it. What did you think? What did you think when I, you heard we're gonna be the new Miami? I didn't like it. You know, I understood what he was trying to do. He was trying to change the mood, you know, the, the mood in the room, uh, and kind of rebrand the program a little bit, but. It put an awful lot of pressure on him to deliver in year one, and he wasn't able to do it. So it, it clearly obviously backfired, I mean, in a big-time way. Okay, and the last point I want to make is all of these defensive players, we're still on the subject of player development. All of these defensive players that are with the University of Miami now, I think they were mostly handpicked by Manny Diaz. So he, who has he developed into being a big-time college football player like these transfers that he has brought in, like Quincy Roche, uh, Jalen Phillips, De'Ari King? Why haven't he developed any big-time players on the defensive side of the ball? That, I would say I Greg, mean, Greg I mean, you got to give him credit Greg for Greg. Award Greg candidate. Labarde Award candidates, Thorp Award candidates. I, I, I don't even see anybody that even come remotely close to that. I would say Greg Rousseau is the one you can point to, but no, there haven't been a lot of them. And I think, yeah. uh, if I'm not mistaken, that uh, when Nick Saban was trying to recruit Gervin Hall, I mean, he landed a helicopter at this guy high school from what I heard, but the problem I have with Manny Diaz is that, you know, he he, he 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 talks a good game, but he doesn't play a good game. And my last question, I'm going to hang up and let someone else get it. But I, I've been hearing rumors that, you know, 
Manny is just uh, too soft. The players don't respect him. I mean, any truth to that? I mean, there could be. I, I mean, I don't think it was an issue this year the way it was last year, but you know, last year that was definitely an issue. Uh, this year, I think they had a they had a better locker room, better roster of kids, and I don't think that that it required that hard discipline this year like it did last year. Um, but is he a disciplinarian? No, no way, not absolutely not. All right, once again, awesome show. Merry Christmas to everyone, and you know, I uh, hope to talk to you guys next week after the bowl game. All right, Willie, have a good holiday. Thanks for being part of the show. Let's go to the 504. You're on Kane Sport Live. 504, you with us? Going once, going twice. All right, next time, let's go to the 352. You're live on Kane Sport Live. 352, are you with us? Going once, going twice. Guys, don't hit the one on your keypad unless you want to come on the show. Let's go to the 305. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. How are you this evening? Hey, what's up, Adam? How are you doing this week? Good. Um, a couple things. One, um, and I think an earlier caller had said this, there's been no decision on Banda leaving for Utah State yet, has there? No. And there's no way to know which way he's leading? Because honestly, in my opinion, if this is, if even though Utah State's lower than us and is a group of five school, if he gets complete control, it could be like a promotion for him, and also to leave Manny's nest or whatever. What do you think on that? I think Band is a big part of what Manny's doing here, and I think he's played a huge role in recruiting. Sometimes successfully, sometimes not, but is. Uh, he and Steve Field to me are the are the only are the two guys on the staff that have proven that they can win recruiting battles. And I think if you lose either one of those guys, that it's problematic for Manny. So, okay. you know, I, I think you got to hope Banda sticks. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, on on that side, yeah, and maybe like split play calling duties because I heard that was one of the big things that at Utah State you'd get play calling and here it's Blake Baker most of the time. Yeah, it so is Blake Baker. Okay. Um, obviously I didn't get to see the North Carolina game and I know it's a week and a half past, but did the team just look out of sorts and just didn't because yeah, honestly the yards Okay. They look so out of sorts in, 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 in every way uh, on the defensive side of the ball. The offensive side of the ball, I thought they were ready to play. I, I just felt like they were taken out of the game by, by what I felt was three play calls that I got to believe Rhett Lashley would like to have back. He had third and short, and he called a running play up the middle to Cam Harris, and it got stuffed. Then he had third and short okay. again the next time they got the ball, and he ran – a short yard is a play to Cam Harris, and it got stuffed. And then he had a fourth and short, and he called a short yard is a play up the middle to Cam Harris, and that got stuffed too. Might have been the same play all three times. And, you know, my feeling is this. Like, the offensive line is not the strength of the football team. You're playing a North Carolina team that you got to know going into the game is very likely 
to give you a track meet. Like, you're probably not going to stop them very much. They're very good offensively. You're very average defensively, if you're honest about yourself. And, you know, you had to think uh, you're going to have to score points in that game. And especially the way the game played out, to me, the last thing you wanted to do was put that game in the hands of one of the weaker uh, points of your football team, and that's the offensive line. And I thought that that's what Rhett Lashley did in that game. And by the time he could even think about recovering from those three play calls, they were down three or four touchdowns. So that's what I thought happened offensively. Defensively, they just weren't ready to play in any way. In any way. They got killed. Okay. Um, and a couple other uh, couple other things. One, again, I know Miami had a weak cornerback class, and I was thinking about this, and I'm not saying blow up the defensive staff. And for all I know, Mike Rumpf is a great teacher and not a great recruiter. Is there any, like, word, and this will probably happen after the bowl game, of, like, moving Mike Rumpf to an off-field position and bringing in somebody like a T-Rob who knows Miami, who's at least a good recruiter and is a pretty good DB's coach because I know he wasn't retained at South Carolina. Um, I can't possibly see that happening. If Mike Rump were to leave, I would think it would be for another coaching job somewhere, maybe in the national football league. Um, As for T Rob, uh, everybody loves to bring that name up and, you know, he's been around for a long time and, you know, has been known as a good recruiter and, and, and things like that. Uh, is T-Rob coming to Miami? I have not heard one inkling that he is. Okay. No, I'm just saying because this year's DB class, we only signed a single defensive back. And yeah, I, I know. I understand. Okay. They're going to, they're going to get more. They're going to hit the transfer portal. Uh, they're also trying to recruit the kid from Lehigh, uh, Tavares Dawson, who's a Auburn commit. And there'll be others coming up here in the next couple of weeks. There'll be transfers and things like that. So I think there'll okay. there'll be a few more DBs that get into the mix. Okay. And any word Who on like Austin good remains Bar- to be seen. Okay. And any word on like Austin Barber, um, if we're leading at all? And how many no, spots he, do we actually he committed, have? I think he, he committed to Florida. Oh, he did. Wow. I think so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, and um, any. Like, how many spots do we have left for, like, commitments and things like that after the early I believe they, they've, got, they've got at least three that they can oh, fill okay. if, they want, if they want to in some way, shape, or form. And um, just a couple other points. One, um, with seniors now eligible for the extra year, I saw today Virginia had nine seniors take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Um, is, is there any word on, like, if – the likes of like Mike Harley or Amari Carter or, and player. And um, I'm trying to think, and a couple other seniors will take advantage of that and stay at Miami for the extra year. No, we don't know any of that yet. We don't know yet on any of those guys. Okay. They'll probably probably start making those decisions after the bowl game. Okay. And no word on if four Gallus is going to stay or, um, Brevin Jordan or D'Ara King. I already know Roche and Phillips. Um, Gallus, I would be shocked if he stayed. It makes no sense. Uh, D'Ara King, I think there's a decent chance he comes back. Brevin Jordan, I think, is 50-50 right now. And same with, like, Bubba Bolden? Uh, Bubba Bolden, I think there's a decent chance he comes back. Okay, and the last one is Cam Harris. 
we'll see. I, you know, I don't know. I mean, he doesn't seem happy with the situation. Based, you know, it wouldn't shock me if he went into the portal. Oh, okay. And then um, last thing, what about this kid out of Columbus, Julian? I can't even pronounce his last name. I know Arneda, he's yeah. friends with Ryan. Yeah, he's um, he's he's a five-star offensive lineman, without question, one of the biggest keys to next year's recruiting class. Got to get that kid. So Miami, so Miami's in the thick of things. He hasn't eliminated yeah. us or anything. No, no, I think they're okay. in it. Okay. Well, thanks again for taking my call, Gary. Have a happy holidays. All right, Adam. All right, 563-999-3550. Hit one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Uh, let me go into these topics that were presented on the message boards at canesport.com now. Um, when will we hear about whether De'Ara King is returning or not um, after the bowl game? I would think I'm not expecting him to say anything before the bowl game. Would it be best for the program to have King play? or declare for the NFL prior to the game. I think it's pretty obvious that he is going to play um, in the bowl game. And uh, if that's the case, if that's the case and he wants to do that, I think you got to let him go because like I said earlier in the show, this is a big game for Miami and um, winning is way more important right now than trying to see what Tyler Van Dyke has had the Canes beaten North Carolina. I might have a different opinion on that uh, being that it's not, you know, it's a semi-meaningless game, so to speak. But the way Miami lost to North Carolina, I think it, this is a big, big, big game uh, for the Canes, without question. Uh, what's the latest on Banda and Utah State? Um, last we heard on that, he's uh, weighing it 50-50, could go either way. Um, why can't we win any recruiting battles for cornerbacks? And, you know, that that's a tricky question. Everybody wants to blame Mike Rumpf, and, and I get it. Like, you know, Mike Rumpf has not established himself as a great recruiter, no doubt about it. I also think there's a little – that it's just kind of coincidental that those top cornerbacks happen to be the kids that are looking to go play in the SEC and stuff. You know, I'm not sure that, that Mike Rumpf is horrible – as he's made out to be and maybe looks to be because of those losses. Um, but I mean, there's a lot of cornerbacks in the state of Florida. I mean, it's a skill position. Florida's known for skill positions. Miami should be doing better at that position in recruiting. I mean, there's no, there's no doubt about it. So the concern is legitimate. Uh, I'm just not personally as I don't have the same conviction that a lot of you guys have that Mike Rump's horrible. Um, you know, I just think that he's taking on some tough recruiting battles the last few years and those kids and their families just had different agendas and he's made to look bad because he's not winning them. You know, uh, Jason Marshall this year from Miami Palmetto, he wanted to go play in the SEC, wanted to go play at Florida. It had nothing to do with Mike Rumpf. Uh, Mike Rumpf wasn't recruiting the Palmetto kids. Banda was. You know, he just he he just had a different agenda and, and happened to be a cornerback. So it, it looks that way. Why should fans expect a rebound in the bowl game? Um, well, I mean, I think you got to hope that the team wants to redeem itself for the way it looked in the last game and that they're going to be invested in that game. And and, you know, what should you expect? You should expect a freaking balls-to-the-wall perform- performance by the Canes, in my opinion. I mean, uh, you know, you, you 
you're going to go through everything they went through this year with the coronavirus and everything and go out the way they went out against North Carolina? I hope not. Um, you know, I know that's what I'm expecting. I'm expecting a inspired, motivated performance against Oklahoma State, and I'm not sure I'm expecting that from Oklahoma State. And when you put the two together, the Canes better win that game. It's it's almost like a home game up there in Orlando. So uh, this is a big game for the program. Uh, you know, I don't think you want to be staring down three losses in a row after you went six and seven last year. Uh, that's not a that wouldn't be a good look for Manny. So this is a big uh, a big moment in my opinion, and a, a good victory would give them a little momentum going into 2022 uh, recruiting. Um, let's see. Stop with the eight and two. Uh, any person that gives a crap about uh, about this will see that we beat one team with a winning record. Eight and two is the complete window dressing that, of course, Blake and his crew will not see through. Okay. Well, that might be true. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, we didn't play very many good teams. Yes, the two good teams we played beat us handily. It was ugly. No argument. But you can only play what's on your schedule. And, you know, the teams we played this year weren't distinctly different than the teams we played last year when we went six and seven. So, you know, eight and two is better than is way better than six and seven. So I think, uh, you know, you got to be, be pretty happy with that. All right, let's go out to the, let's see, the 386. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? 386, you with us? Oh, wait, I already, I, I already did that one. I'm sorry. Uh, let's see. Let's go to the 239. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hello? Yes, sir. That's you. Who's this? Gary. Um, this Who's is Mama from, from Southwest Florida. Hey, man. What you got for us? So um, I've been listening to a lot of the callers for the past um, few weeks, and uh, I just felt like I wanted to give my two cents in. I don't have much to say, but um, we, we keep um, saying or we keep giving credit to the early success that Manny Diaz had at Miami to the fact that the players um, when he first got there were the Al Gordon recruited players. And I don't know if obviously there's no way to, to, to look at this or to verify what I'm saying is true because it's not like we can just put it in the vacuum. But my perspective, when, when I look at the early success, I, I tie it into when you when you look at those those defenses, we we led the nation in tackles for loss. Our D line, you know, was constantly in the backfield, and one of the biggest splash um, hires of the early Mark Rick days were was the um, Coach Cool. Coach Cool made a huge impact, and it feels like, you know, the further we get away from coach cool you know from you know when he left us to go to another job um the worse and worse our defensive line has gotten you know i don't i don't i don't think it's right to give credit to the al golden players because when al golden was at miami um we sucked our defensive line sucked you know we didn't think any of these players were special we didn't think that they were and they weren't great either it wasn't like they were 
drafted in the first round when we got into the big game. No, but, but would you agree that Kendrick Norton and R.J. McIntosh, for example, were better than what we're playing with right now? I I can't agree. I can't refute it, but I can't agree. But I do know that we knew before Coach Cool got there, we didn't think the word of them. You know, you know, Notre Dame was running for over 300 yards against us. You know, Kansas State was putting up 50 50 points against us. I mean, we were getting our socks knocked off of us. You know, and our our run defense that was one of the biggest criticisms that we had. You know, on top of obviously, you know, the some of the schematics that Coach D had, and um, and I just when I look at it, I I I see that, and I think we need to get better coaching. You know, and I mean, I know we've been talking about it all night, and who are we going to get? You know, I, I have no idea, but I think that's something when you have a veteran coach, you know who has, you know, a, a great, you know, a pull to pull from, has a lot of connections, he can go and get that guy. Because, I mean, Urban Meyer's been coaching for, for for years now. It's been, you know, probably close to two decades, you know, in big time. When we coached Florida, what, 2005? We're now in 2020. And he keeps pulling these great coaches, you know, and he hasn't been coaching in a few years. But, I mean, he, he was still, when he was at Ohio State, pulling these great coaches, you know, out of nowhere. And, and I feel like, you know, obviously we can't do anything now. That's something that Blake James sort of addressed, you know, before the hire. But, I mean, I think coaching has a lot to do with, you know, where we're going. And I, I know I've heard you get in heated conversations with the callers, you know, about the players and the coaching. And that's just the side that I've – I've, I've um, you're, I mean, coaching is huge. The past. I mean, you, you can't just put anybody in these coaching jobs. Yeah, and, and I understand why maybe some people don't want to give Coach Cool the credit because it felt like, you know, maybe he wasn't recruiting at Miami the way he no, should have he been. Or, but, I mean, once it came to his coaching, you you saw the improvement, you know, in the D-line. You know, our D-tackles were, 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 were pretty good, you know. You could see their hand movements and, and where, where, you know, how they, you know, fought off the, the blocks, how they shed blocks. Or how they swam and, and and got through the through the holes real quick, and so that's that's one of the things. The other thing that um, I think some of the callers have talked about with the linebackers um, and coaching is you can see it. I've I've watched some of the games, and your linebackers they don't in some plays they don't take any reach steps. They'll sit there for two seconds, you know. And that's that's something that I learned in high school when I when I when I played football. You know, the first thing you, you I learned when you you got you know to a varsity JV level and you're you're getting co- coaching from your your, your from a, a high school coach is they teach you your reach steps. They teach you the first thing you do is you take your reach steps. You look at the ball. You look at your keys. You look at you know whatever whatever your key is. You do that. And our linebackers, they weren't doing that. You you could see in certain plays like they they it's like their mind wasn't there. And for me, that's coaching. You know, take you know, those those are fundamental things that you you drill every day, and and to have such a huge breakdown where you're, they're just standing there for so long, it just and it. I don't I don't know I don't know what to make of it. it it's frustrating. You know how how does 
I could I could have understand if North Carolina would have, would have beat us and they had a big game, but 700 yards of offense over 700 yards like what is this? You know, it, I don't think we could have put up 700 yards against Savannah State if we wanted to. You know, mm-hmm. so that's just that's just some of the things that I I've heard over the past um, few weeks. I don't get a chance to call in because so many of the callers have so many things to say, but I just, I wanted to give that point, you know, to you and the callers, maybe it's something to ponder because, you know, we've, we've, we've given so much credit to Al Golden. And I just think that, you know, if, if I were, if I were a, a, a criminal investigator and I were looking for the smoking gun of what happened to our defense, I would say that that's the smoking gun coach cool leaving the defense. Oh, so thank maybe you, it's part, maybe it's a part of it, but yeah, I mean, certainly the recruiting has been a big part of it. If you look back at the last, you know, four classes or so, it's been pretty average. I mean, that's a big deal, and that's before we yeah. even get to what all the fans say, which is player development, you know, and things like that, and schemes, and um, it's uh, multi-layered for sure. But you know, hopefully one day it'll get better. And I still think this year was a step forward. I really do. I, I mean, I, I, I hated what I saw against North Carolina as much as everybody did, but I, I, I still feel that this year was a step forward. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I would definitely say that this year was a step forward, but I just – I'm weary. Because this is another thing is is I, I hope, I pray to God that, you know, because we've had a, you know, a decent year and, you know, Manny, except for this last game, um, has had a really good year. I pray that we don't do what we did with Al Golden and what we did with, you know, Mark Rick and give him a crazy extension and we're stuck for the next eight years with You're absolutely right. You, you can't do that. You can't do that. No doubt. Yeah. We're definitely and not so, anywhere close to that point. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, but, right, I mean, we didn't think that we were going to get Manny Diaz, and we got him. So, um, hopefully, hopefully the the AD, you know, he doesn't um, go crazy and thinking that he has to drop, you know, the money bags in front of him to get him to stay and take another job if if he starts trying to blur his name out there to another job or something. No, I don't think that's. I don't think. I don't. If 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 Blake gives Manny an extension, it's not going to be because he's a threat to go to another school. I feel pretty confident in that. You know, this is okay. this 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 job is 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 success or bust right now for Manny. So we'll see what happens. He had a good year. He had a pretty good year. I know it fell apart against North Carolina. He had a good year. However, you lose to Okie State next week. And then I'll agree with Kirk Herbstreet that all the equity that's been built up has been lost. That that all at that, that yeah. point I would agree. So it's a big game. We'll see what happens. Thank all right, you man. Give us, call, give us a call next week after the game. We'll probably do a show. I would think Wednesday. So we'll see what we'll okay. see, we'll see. Yep. All right. Ha, have a good night. All right, guys, that's going to do it for tonight. I want to thank everybody that called in. Good show. Good points. A lot of good debate. The Canes fan is not happy right now. And um, that only supports my thinking about how important and significant <laughs> this meaningless bowl game next Tuesday night really is for Miami. I hope the, the, the players and coaches treat it with that level of respect and the Canes come out and put a good performance and um, end 2020, a crazy 2020 with an exclamation point. And uh, we'll be back next Wednesday night to 
slice and dice it up and see what we think. And until then, I want to say, everybody, have a very, very Merry Christmas. And uh, I'll wait till next week to say Happy New Year. So good night, everybody. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light from now on. Your troubles will be out of sight. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Make the Utah gay.